Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to uh, episode 15 of the Ask LFC podcast. We are here. I'm Harrison Gilming, Worship Arts Director at Lake Forest Huntersville. This is Mike, the man. Moses, lead pastor of the Lake Forest Family of Churches, founding pastor of Lake Forest Family of Churches, but lead pastor of Lake Forest Church Huntersville. A unique deal in our model of church. We want to have the benefit of being a family, uh, learn from each other. We teach the same word of God. We have the same mission, vision, and values, and our elders are united, but each church has its own lead pastor. They are fully a lead pastor. So yep. uh, I'm lead pastor of Lake Forest Church Huntersville, grooving to the intro music, and uh, good to see you today, Harrison. Yep, good to see you too. We are, uh, as we talked about on here a couple of times, we're a family of four churches mm-hmm. uh, here in Huntersville. Mm-hmm. About to start searching for our next lead pastor to start the next Lake Forest Church. That's right. That's right. Four, about to be about to be five. Mm-hmm. Um, so we wanted to fill you guys in on a couple of, of little housekeeping Huntersville campus yeah, things. Yeah, but before that. But before that. Today's special guest is Lieutenant Brian Vaughn of the Huntersville Police Department and Ministry Partner of Lake Forest. We'll introduce him properly in a moment, but we thought it is timely to hear from him as a Christ follower and a leader in the local police department. Yeah. But go ahead. No, no, no. Yeah. I mean, to, to that point, um, Brian, we're, we're excited to talk to you today and, and especially I'm, I'm excited about, um, I'm excited about just the last couple weeks of our discussions we've, we've been able to have with our friend, Pastor Byron, our friend, mm-hmm. Brian Vaughn and, yeah. um, just just hearing about what's going on in, in the world right now. So. Brian's here. He's in his uniform, and I'm in mine. That's right. That's right. You got a William and Mary hat on top of your head. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, hey, so this is exciting uh, for us. Um, the, the biggest question that we've been asked during this whole process. Yes. Uh, and, and fortunately, you guys uh, are... Our church family, our tribe have been giving us a lot of grace because it it is where it is. But the question is, hey, when are we getting back to meet in person again? Mm -hmm. To which uh, we have not had a great answer to. um, But we want to let you guys know, we actually, a little behind the scenes look at how we we put Sundays together. We have a team uh, that meets once a week on Tuesdays here at the campus um, to just go over Sunday morning related stuff. What are we teaching about? What's the music going to be like? What are some of the liturgical elements that are going to be in a service? Things like the Lord's Prayer, or taking communion, or, or all these things. And we review the previous Sunday, and uh, what did we think was good and helpful to people, and what are we never going to do again? Mike tells me. Different... Mike Mike tells me I sang off pitch. I told him, yeah, <laughs> stay in, in frame of the camera. You know, we we, we have fun with it, uh, but. Something that has been developing for us strongly, especially over the last few weeks that we've been meeting, mm-hmm. uh, are very serious, tangible, like with a possible date on it discussions mm-hmm. of how we're going to start to get people back here on campus. Yes, and on a limited basis with physical distancing and all of that. And <clears throat> we will announce as soon as Thursday of this week, I think this podcast will be released on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. It may be as early as Thursday. We will announce our target date for uh, allowing in-person worship for uh, a limited number of folks who feel comfortable with that and really strongly desire it. So, um, and it will be in July. 
Yeah. And Unless the circumstances change. For sure. And and the other thing to put out there now, just people are going to be in different situations. Mm-hmm. I have a I have a three-year-old. We have a lot of young families. So <laughs> yeah. it's just important to note on the front end, just for people's planning in there and mm-hmm. what's about to happen is that we are not going to be for sure whenever that first stretch of doing this is, we're not going to have children's ministry yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't, we have not seen uh, literally any church have a great way to do that right now. No. So we're, we're figuring that part out. Yeah. <laughs> we'll yep. get there, but just so you guys know. Yeah. Great. Um, that's a good update, Harrison. Thank you. Excellent. Well then let's get right to it. That's the, that's the only big thing that we had is just, um, just to let some excitement go toward that. And we're, we're, um, reservedly excited and hoping that we can move towards that. But right now we're immediately excited, as we said, because we have, uh, Brian Vaughn sitting in the room with us and, uh, here in just a second, I'm going to hand it off, uh, to Brian and let you guys talk. But, but Brian actually, uh, is a ministry partner here at Lake Forest Church. For how many years, Brian? Uh, thinking about four or five. Four or five five. years. He's been a member of our worship team. Um, he can't really sing, but like, but we let him. Yeah. I mean, he Yeah. He, but I mean, he's such a handsome man. He's got good he's stage presence asset. up there. Yeah, yeah, he's an asset. But our sound guys <laughs> turn him down. I he's, mean, I Brian, he's a I'm really sorry good, to tell you that, but yeah. it's for your good looks. He's a really he's good really he's a there. really good clapper. <laughs> so that's You really get the Hey, as you all can tell, uh, Harrison and I are actually friends with Brian. <laughs> he's a ministry partner and uh, he uh, serves in Kidtropolis with regularity. Mm-hmm. We're grateful for that, Brian. Everybody who serves in Kidtropolis, what a heart you have. What age group do you serve? Uh, newborns. Newborns, that's right. Because yep. Angie uh, has gotten to know you uh, serving with the newborns. My wife serves in there. She has for 22 years <laughs> and counting. Um, and just so you're friends with Angie as well. You see her more than I see you. Um, so he's on the worship team. And uh, do you both as a couple serve in the newborns? Yeah, we on do. Sundays? We do. That's super cool. Yeah. And they have a cool kid. Um, you call him, what, what do you call him, little man? Yep, all yeah. the time, yep. What's his name? Elliot. Elliot is... Yeah. Eight years old. He's a super cool kid. Um, Not so little anymore. His, is his haircut still as cool as the last time I saw yeah, him? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> lightning bolt and all. I did, that is just cool. No, no lightning bolt this time. <laughs> he's a cool kid. I'm a little worried I didn't get intro music. You guys are both uh, dancing I, I and stuff when the intro point. music you know, started. Harrison will probably go back and re-edit. So if you heard intro music for Lieutenant Vaughn, that's right. because he requested it. Yeah, and he I need deserves intro music. It. I'm just going to do it right now. I- intro music break. Brian Vaughn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you did it no. Okay. No. Okay. In all seriousness, you are in your uniform. Uh, are you on duty right now? Is this a community visit? I am. Yes, sir. Super. Yeah. So we'll keep it legit then. Um... I, we really appreciate you coming in in your capacity as a ministry partner and your official capacity. Uh, Lieutenant Vaughn, what is your job title and responsibilities in Huntersville Police Department? Uh, so I've been in the area, worked for the police department for about uh, 19 and a half years. So oh my I've goodness. seen this uh, seen this place grow exponentially, wow. um, both the agency and the town. Um, wow. So I've done a little bit of everything, but my most... Uh, recent assignment is a lot of administration stuff, um, a lot of uh, assembly permits and uh, gathering permits, and then also you know anything that makes the police department run on the 
behind the scenes, I'm responsible for. So you've elevated, in church language, you've elevated to the leadership level where you lead the leaders and you try to make the conditions right for them to do their job well. And you're probably also, uh, I'm assuming that means you're kind of have some responsibility for direction of the department, making sure everybody's representing HPD in the way that they should. Is that correct? For sure, yeah. And I'm also um, in charge of all the training for the agency that the training goes through every year. Oh, that's and, a big uh, deal. Yeah. Just a, that's a, a little, little bit more. relevant. Yeah, for sure. I mean, not much, but a little Tiny bit. Tiny bit. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you guys. All we do is joke around with Brian, uh, so I'm joking a little too much. It's incredible how relevant that is. It is, in, absolutely. In all seriousness to the national discussion we're having. For sure. Uh, and we look forward to getting into that, but let's get to know you a bit first. Um, Nineteen and a half years on the force. The, uh, Brian and I had a conversation once. We didn't actually try to get specific, but we're quite sure that before he came to Lake Forest Church, we would have been on the scene of some uh, pretty intense incidents um, not might have I together, know have. but you do. Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, before we even knew each other. For, yes. And then since we've known each other, we have been on the scene of some, some things that, that I get called to as pastor and he does as an officer in charge. So, uh, we've shared professional duties together. Um, and we've shared private time as pastor and, and ministry partner, uh, about just the scrimmage line of Brian's life. And actually, specifically, you and I have had private time. We won't, <laughs> I won't divulge this, but we've had private time about, and I do this with, I mean, this is my honor and privilege, Brian, is um, I just finished a session with a young woman in our church who is in uh, social work and international development and talking about her professional life and her faith. It's my honor to do that with business people, and it's been my honor for you to open up your your private and your faith life of uh how do you live as a follower of Christ, and how do you handle the immense stress in your work right. and be the man you need to be at home as a husband and a father and be the man you need to be as a leader in our department? And I appreciate your authenticity, Brian, with which you open those. The fact that you're a man who's a kicktail leader, I know that for a fact, but you open up those questions means that you're a teachable man of God, and I, I just honor you for that. I appreciate those comments. I, I mean, I definitely haven't always been there. Um, it's just taken growth and maturity and uh, life lessons to get to that point, but the only way we can grow is to be uncomfortable. Hmm. That's relevant to this moment as well. So before you're eager to go there, but I want us to get to know you sure. for a moment. I'm going to ask questions that were sent to us by listeners. Um how, why, and how and when did you know you wanted to be a police officer? Man, I um, actually went into college with a completely different career path in mind. Really? Um, you know, interested in uh, physical therapy, something along those lines, and I just never could, uh, never was very studious. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> so as I was sitting in uh, biology class and realizing that none of it was clicking, um, I decided I needed to go a different route. Okay. Um, at that point, it really wasn't. Uh, police as a choice, but uh, I had a part-time job while I was in college. I, gr- I grew up here in Charlotte, um, had a part-time job while I was in college with a uh, security company, made friends with some Charlotte officers 22 years ago, mm-hmm. and um, you know decided to head to the police academy in 1998. Oh, wow, in 98, okay. And as you, as you began to investigate this as a career, <clears throat> what drew you further in? 
I think uh, seeing these guys helping and being part of the uh, part of the solution, you know, part of uh, making the community a better place, um, uh, watching them work with people in the community and and uh, and fixing the problems that they were seeing and being uh, active. Um, I also enjoyed the scene, just the interactions between some of those old the, some of those officers in 1998. Um, I enjoyed seeing those interactions and. Um, you guys have known me long enough. I could probably go over here and talk to this wall for 15 minutes. And, <laughs> and uh, yes, you are gregarious. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, uh, no, I told you I just wasn't studious. Can you tell me? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you just so, want to go talk to people. You're a smart I do. guy. I do. But you just didn't have time for studying. No, 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 no. You had to hang out with people. Yeah. Um, question was, is what you're referring to that you so in, interesting reflect back to you what what I just heard you say that you admired about police officers in your experience you just described the elements that I've come to understand are the strengths of what's called a community policing yes absolutely which which by the way I just want to commend your force uh, and your officers who are assigned to the neighborhood of Huntington Green I have observed from afar <clears throat> their partnership with Pastor Victor Leal, who has planted our sister church, El Buen Samaritano, Lake Forest, De Lake Forest, uh, in that neighborhood, which is a predominantly immigrant, recent Spanish-speaking immigrant neighborhood. And your your officer, the young, she's new. She's a Officer, female Latina? Yeah, Officer uh, Casey Kikano. We cannot say enough about what we have observed of her methodology, her follow-through, and her relationality and her willingness to be a cop with a backbone. Yes. As Victor has passed along to me. That's all. I, I love to hear that. You yeah. know, she's, she's a most recent uh, rookie school graduate in the last couple of years. And, um, okay. you know, we task our rookies with identifying uh, problems in town. And uh, she saw a problem um, with uh, immigrants being able to identify themselves. And so she ran with it. Um, she started partnering with a company out of, Winston-Salem, I believe, that helps do uh, unofficial uh, identification cards for people that are unable to attain state-issued identification cards. And is that, in, if I understand, because Victor and his church were a part of help helping get the word out. Yes. And and then they used our campus Yes. for a couple of, uh, and they were large, a lot of people came mm-hmm. to receive a, uh, a, a town identification. Yes. And do I... Brian, do I understand part of the purpose of that is if they have an encounter with the police, therefore they can, or someone else, they can say, hey, I live here, I'm an, a, a, I'm a, I am a part of this community, I'm a known person. Is that? For, yeah, absolutely. So the company does a lot of vetting for us um, in order to issue the IDs. They are not just okay. willy-nilly giving out identification cards to people. I didn't know that. Um, so this company requires them to supply so many different other pieces of ID. Um, and then uh, we conducted training in-house and showed all of our officers, you know, this is what is going to be used, and you're expected to accept this as a valid form of identification, at least for, you know, the purposes of identifying the person. Man, that's super Proactiveness. Cool. Okay. Yes, community so, policing. So uh, I was reflecting back to you that you seem to really be drawn to, particularly the community solution aspect of policing, um, you also had a second reflection on your origin story, um, and I wanted to clarify: was it 
were you saying when you observed how the police were, like their relationships, did you mean that there's a sense of camaraderie among police sure. and you were drawn to that? Sure. I mean, absolutely. You see a, a family unit form. Yeah. Um, and yeah, of course, uh, you want to, everybody, uh, every human wants to have the sense of belonging. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course there is that, mm-hmm. that bond there that uh, no one else is able to have. Mm-hmm. Um, I experienced that in high school sports and, uh, and then the absence of it when I got to college and I was looking for that kind of bond and, we have that on our church staff here right now. We have high relationality, high unity in our staff. And so uh, I'm, I, I, I do know about that dynamic on a police force. Um, what is most, how difficult is it for you to leave the stress and the intensity of what you may have just done at work? How do you transition to life at home and being like a, uh, Hey, hey, babe, what's going on? I'm yeah. just hanging out tonight, being a husband, and, and what's up, little man? How do you transition? Sure, um, it's still a work in progress. Um, you know, I kind of joke around that I ride a desk now, um, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's still a work in progress. That uh, you know, your whole career, you you spend your career saying, you know, I'm going to keep my personal and my work life separate, but that's impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, and you figure out ways to cope with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so to go home and, and uh, from being in this constant state of uh, high alertness mm-hmm. uh, to go home, it's, it can be difficult to decompress. And then also, um, you know, some of the difficult things that our officers have to see yeah, when they we, encounter in their jobs. We had a specific question for mm-hmm. you that I previewed with you, and mm-hmm. you said, I'm, I, I w- it's not healthy for me to answer it specifically. It was a question. What's the most difficult situation you've been right. a part of as an officer? Right, and I, I briefly told you know I briefly said to you, um, you know, for anybody that's listening to this, um, that's a difficult thing to answer, and it's really um, uh, for, for a police officer to stand there and have somebody actually ask them like, what is the worst thing you've ever seen, or what's the mm-hmm. thing that has been the most bothersome to you, and. Um, you know, that almost conjures up almost like a PTSD response. Okay. And it's really difficult for police to have to relive some of those things because, you know, what a person thinks might be the worst thing that an officer saw is probably 10 times worse than what is in their mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and honestly, uh, do they really want to hear <laughs> hear what those things are? Yeah. And, and if you're like me, <clears throat> to succeed at, at your work and to succeed at home – requires a healthy amount of compartmentalization sure um i i have i can't if we compartmentalize it 100 percent and deny that the stress of those traumatic moments are there that's leads to a different kind of unhealth but when i succeed at home is when i'm able to compartmentalize it when i need to be fully present to angie or when we were raising the boys but i still have to process it somewhere with sure. someone is that true for you? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, we're going to, I know we're going to dive into some of the more tough topics, you know, over the next 30 minutes or so, but, you know, just the last couple of weeks is a perfect example of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just being able to process all of this mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and grow from it. You know, Harrison passed on to me, Brian, what has been the most helpful thing for me to have a perspective of what's happening in the streets of America, including happened in the streets of Huntersville Sunday afternoon. Protests, most of which are peaceful, uh, some of which uh, have devolved into violence uh, for various reasons. 
Um, and the most helpful perspective, Harrison actually went with uh, a friend of his, an African-American friend, to one of the protests in Uptown Charlotte on Tuesday night. I don't know if he told you about it. And um, heard a uh, trauma expert speaking. And the trauma at the protest, and that, that expert said, the, the best way I can explain what we're seeing in the streets of America is that uh, to be black in America, for most black Americans, means that they have experienced trauma at some level at some time in their life. Many of them multiple times, some of them just once, and some people not, but most of them have experienced trauma uh, of being treated differently as a black person. Uh, and one of our ministry partners who's African-American was elo eloquently expressed some of those incidents in his own life as a professional adult here in Lake Norman. Um, uh, that's his story to tell, not mine. But they're traumatic. Uh, and and for a, to be a black parent, to watch the video of uh, Ahmaud Arbery's apparent murder in Georgia by civilians, and then Mr. Floyd's death uh, in Minneapolis is a traumatic event. And that's trauma in and of itself. Uh, and then my neighbor, for instance, to have to talk to his black sons about how to be in Cedarfield uh, is traumatic. And, and this tr trauma expert ex said, what you're seeing on the streets is PTSD reactions of, in a mass way of black Americans. And that, that in no way excuses any of the, the uh, illegal behavior on the sidelines of some of these, but it explained to me, like I get that. I 100% get that. And, and then, uh, Harrison, it may have been you or someone else, or maybe Angie actually, who made the further observation, well, that's what our police are experiencing. There, th this is a PTSD trigger for them. It had uh, been Angie, huh? It had been Angie. Yeah, I think that yeah. insight wouldn't come from me. That's too insightful. I'm not for that Harrison. sensitive. Yeah, yeah. Harrison, definitely not. Yeah. I was just repeating things. I yeah. had no original thoughts. <laughs> yeah. No, in is all that true? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, it is. Um, I've seen death. I've seen carnage. I've seen. We have. We have all seen that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yes, it is true. Um. You were the, uh, is the technical term, officer in charge of uh, Huntersville Police presence at the Huntersville sure. Black Lives Matter yes, protest Sunday. Um, when I heard that, I texted with you and you called me immediately. And I said, because Brian, I was driving. I didn't want to okay. text and drive. Hey, yeah. what a good example. Isn't that? Yeah. Um, and uh, number one, I just wanted you to know I was praying for you. Yeah. Uh, number two, I actually, uh, folks, I try to function as a man under authority in every part of my life, including the guy who, my friend who uh, cuts my hair is in charge of the day he tells me it's time to just shave my head. <laughs> he's my authority. And I'll just uh, say, okay, okay, yes, sir. Um, so... I, I really placed myself a little under your authority, Brian, and, and was vulnerable. And I said, Brian, I'm considering attending the Huntersville protest because it's a very significant thing in our community, and I love our community, and I'm a pastor here. And number one, I want to bear witness to the pain that black Americans are feeling. I want to be present to that. You 
You all have heard me talk about that. But number two, I would want to represent the conscience of community leadership should any of our citizens begin to act disrespectful to police or property. Uh, and I asked you directly, would you, on behalf of the department, take offense if I'm present at that protest? And what was your answer? Absolutely not. Yeah, why? I mean, it goes back to my original statement of, you know, we grow out of discomfort. Um, we can't grow out of fear and misunderstanding. Um, if we if we change out of fear equals resentment. Um, wow. wow. So you have to be open minded. Um, I, I don't uh, work out, but I hear yeah. that, uh, <laughs> you know, the only way to build muscle is to work it out and tear it and be uncomfortable. And, yeah. you know, and it grows. Yeah. Um, so it's the same thing. And I am still growing. And the last two weeks have probably been uh, the most difficult two weeks of my entire career. Really? Uh, it, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, how so? Um, because um, I, I, I don't want to get it twisted. Every single police officer that dons this uniform in this country is ticked off at what happened. The absolute disregard for human life. In Minneapolis. In Minneapolis. Mm -hmm. Yep, that absolute disregard. Um, what you didn't, you did not sign up for that. Um, uh, so having to... Uh, be on the side of, of lumped in. Um, right. Um, but Receiving we also, anger on behalf of that officer in Minneapolis's action. Isn't it ironic that it's the same exact thing that's happened to the, happening to the other communities that we live amongst? Hmm. Uh, can you explain that, what you mean by that? Yeah, I mean, you just, you know, you have the criminal element of every community. Mm -hmm. um, that represents a small portion of that community. Mm -hmm. But then... As human beings, we uh, we have this false idea that then that entire community is a representative of that. Can you help us as a police officer, Brian? Let's hone in here for a moment. Sure. It's really helpful to hear. Just the way you said that is helpful to me. How, how are you and how would you recommend? Um, I was in two conversations yesterday with white Christians trying to make sense of all this and their their focus uh they're struggling to not focus on the <clears throat> worst elements that are the some of the violence and looting on the edges of protest <clears throat> how would you counsel white america white christians is is who we're talking i'm not responsible for other people <laughs> <clears throat> to what is the proper focus as as an officer and as citizens, do you think? I, I mean, I, you got to have an open mind and an open heart. You know, you, you, uh, the change um, has to come out of caring for the other person. And, um, you know, we, we briefly were going to talk about, um, you know, like what formed how I interact with people. And, uh, you know, I've just always lived by the golden rule, and I'd like to think that, you know, the other 99 officers that we have working here in Huntersville also live by that same thing. Um, and I expect nothing less, and I think every every single officer expects nothing less from each other. So just to be um, – don't uh, don't listen to the to the noise on uh, social media because it okay. is not fruitful. Um, okay. it, does, it is not a fair representation of what the majority is doing right now. Mm -hmm. We saw that Sunday. You know, we expected in Huntersville, um, in Huntersville yes. Um, so I had met with the organizer a couple of times, 
Um, and when we first met, I thought, man, you know, I, I would be thrilled if a hundred people show up. It just didn't seem, you know, I, I didn't know where it was going to go. Yeah. It was teenagers. Um, it was three, it was two this. teenagers. Yep. They just graduated from uh pine Lake uh, prep in okay. Mooresville. I don't want to, they, they don't want any of the limelight also, which is great. You know, they don't want, they, you know, people have been asking, Hey, how do I get in touch with them? And I'm, you know, I said, Hey, they organized this, they organized this thing and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, stepped out of the way and let it take off. Um, our best estimate was 1,100 people. You know, um, I, I wondered. I, I thought I thought it, between seven and 100 and 1,000, wow. That, and that's that's awesome. Um, and to see the— Why do you think that's awesome? Uh, because that's how change happens. You know, I sought out both organizers uh, when the event was over with, uh, when they weren't distracted anymore and had a real um, heartfelt conversation with both of them to say— that wow. you you are you are the change like you you doing this is what is going to change you know what we do in the US you know what how how we how we vote how we do everything so i sought both of them out and said you know look uh, look at uh, look at the crowd that's here um, the main organizer was leading the group i can't even look at you mike i love you brother love you man um, so the, the organizer of the group was at leading the entire march, and this thing lasted three blocks. Um, and she was at the very front, and they had a pretty good, you know, they had a good constant, you know, their, the chants that they had or um, the words that they were using. It was, it was, it, it was uh, spine, it, it gave me chills to yeah. hear it. Um, uh, when we were almost done, I knew she was just so into, the organizer was so into this, that uh, as we cr- as we turned the last corner, I went and grabbed her by the shoulder, and I said, "You got to step over here for a minute and turn around and look what you did today. Like you've got to turn around and take this in, and come over here to the corner because when we turn, you're going to be able to see all the people down the road." And uh, so she did, and she just turned around and said, "Wow," I said, "You did this <laughs> like in three days. You pulled this together, and it just goes to show, you know, how much the community is supportive of each other." And it is not as divisive as it's being made out to be. We we all we all want we all want this. <clears throat> Brian, um, <clears throat> you recognized I'm a little tearful in the moment, and I often say that I get tearful in the sight of beauty. And what a beautiful gift you gave to those young teenagers, persons of color living in Huntersville, North Carolina, by being the lead officer. And you uh, welcomed them. You engaged, you empowered them, you affirmed them. Uh, That is powerful. What a great example to me. I love it when I am able to see visibly a follower of Jesus who is um, embodying the identity of Christ in their profession and without having to say his name, and that's really beautiful. Friend. Um wow. It's the man, it's the golden rule. <laughs> okay. I mean we we have had this ingrained since we were kids. You know, my eight year old, uh, you know, we, we haven't even, you know, until last Friday we haven't even breached any topics whatsoever because we were trying to insulate him from knowing that there might have been any violence against police officers. Okay. Um in yeah. order to keep him from being fearful of his dad sure. going to work. And he's eight. Yeah. And he's eight years old. Um we had to breach that subject though because I was going to work at a 
uh, uh, not normal time. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, to hear his, some of his responses of being like, well, you know, that's just, that's stupid. I can't believe that somebody wouldn't care for somebody else because of uh, what they look like. And I said, yeah, you're exactly right. <laughs> yeah. And yet it's a reality because yeah, we reality. live in a fallen world. And, yes. um, I, you know, I, I think we white Christians need to, <laughs> in this time, we need to reassure our, re, uh, be sure that we can t- we have a healthy doctrine of the sinful nature of humankind, um, it, which should then give us a healthy ex- self-examination of our nation and our own self. Um, uh, speaking with one of your other officers, Brian, I, I, I've personally called the officers who I'm personal friends with and who worship here and who are involved. Not every one of them, but uh, one of your officers... Uh, uh, who I spoke with here, who's a Lake Forest ministry partner, just said, I just said, how are you doing? How are you feeling in this time? And he said, I'm, I'm confused, trying to make sense of it. But what I know is racism is real, and, and I think it's in each one of us probably more than we know. I was blown away that that was the first thing he said to me. Um, because that's an important... Uh, ownership. What do you mean by the golden rule when it comes to how we view the protests and the concerns of black citizens at this time? Um, and I mean the golden rule. I'm going to speak specifically on behalf of white citizens, white Christians, and the police. Sure. I mean, treat others as you want to be treated. Um, the other, what, what is the other uh, catchphrase that's used all the time? Be be the change that you the change you want to see um, I mean that mm-hmm. that's that's the bottom line um, and again I get I went back to it earlier it's just important to realize that uh, the criminal element of this is such a singular percentage of the overall goal of what is happening um, you know you just have to you just have to block that out um, you have to acknowledge that it's there you have to deal with it um, uh, but uh, all that is doing is detracting from the uh, detracting from the goal. Okay, let's talk about the goal for, as we close. Sure. Um, one of the most hopeful things to me, that, and this is a question asked by one of our listeners. They asked if if I could ask you this. Um, one of the most hopeful things to me today, sitting here, is that both uh, of our major political parties are making efforts at the congressional level to introduce uh, change uh, at the uh, uh, specific. What we know is that all of the, the problems regarding racial, racial tensions and inequities in our country, they're, <laughs> they don't all, they're not because of the police. The, you guys, unfortunately, have to deal with the outcomes. Well, we're the face of the government. <laughs> yeah, if you that's think true. about it. Walking you know, around with a badge we're, on. We're the ones that told you you couldn't go to restaurants for the last three months. Yeah, <laughs> thanks a lot, Brian. <laughs> um, uh, and but you you have to deal with actually the outcomes sure. of s- problems all throughout society. Sure. So it's not just a police problem, but the uh, Democrats in the House and the Senate have introduced a bill uh, with some reforms that I think are focused on policing. 
And now I'm just super encouraged to see Senator Tim Scott, Republican of South Carolina, and Mitt Romney, mm-hmm. Republican of whatever that state is out there. I can't. I get them all mixed up. Um, with a whole ton of white people in them. Uh, one of those over there with mountains. Um, uh, oh. our our former Republican <laughs> nominee for president, who almost became president of our nation. Uh, they're initiating what, and I've appreciated their language of what they're intending to to hopefully be a, a potentially bipartisan reform bill. If you were czar of all the police in America, no pressure. <laughs> what reforms do you think are needed, and and do you welcome? Uh, I, um, if any, the first thing that comes to mind is uh, is is taking some of the responsibilities that have been put on the police. To, on someone else to take okay. care of, you know, the expectation of an officer to be able to be a uh, mental health counselor at the drop of a hat, a uh, marriage counselor at the drop of a hat, hmm. um, you know, talk somebody off of, uh, you know, talk somebody, you know, off of jumping off of a bridge at the top, you know, just at the at, at the drop of a hat. Right. That's um, been a little bit of my partnership with the force on a couple of occasions of that. So um, not a bridge, but something else. Yeah. Sure. Um, so looking at it from that aspect of, of, of introducing more uh, specialized type positions, I'm not saying, uh, p- please don't misunderstand what I'm saying, is that I think we need more police officers, um, uh, but we need more people that are more specially trained in areas to deal with crisis. Um, so, you know, th- that looks like, you know, maybe that there are some more civilian employees at a, in a police department that are able to either ride with officers um, and be primary responders on, oh, on calls for service where there might be some sort of, of that way. mental distress. Um, because, again, you're, you're, you're expecting somebody to, uh, to wear 12 different hats. Right. And we're uh, humans and we screw up and, uh, and don't get it right. And uh, so introducing some, something that would allow, you know, officers to get back to the community policing side. Because and, and, I think what, what you've seen happen is uh, is slowly some agencies are having to move away from that because they're being expect they're expected to do more with less. Hmm. Um, I'll give an example of uh, our our agency here. The size of our town, you know, we should have about 120 officers based on national statistics, and we have 100. Um, okay. And uh, so that's you know that's just the way it is. Uh, so that's one thing that I would do is 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 do that, and then make sure that. Um, I, I can speak for Huntersville. I know we're running short on time, but, um, you know, I could speak for Huntersville that, you know, one thing I would do is make sure that there are third party review type scenarios for, for every agency. Um, the entire time that I've worked here, we've been part of, uh, an accreditation agency that reviews all of our policies and procedures and reviews all of our use of force incidents and, um, you know, gives their feedback and what needs to happen and what needs to be fixed. And they, they provide guidelines for training. And so if agencies out there, there are agencies out there that don't do that, um, I, and I couldn't name who that is right now, but I can, I can just speak for what we do. And, uh, well, and that would be tragic. That's best practice in business. For sure. It's be- best practice in ministry. For sure. Uh, to review yourself and have an authority. Do you, do you know if that kind of practice, the one you're just now speaking of, is actually active in Minneapolis or not? I, I haven't. I, you know, I quickly, we, we briefly talked about that before we started doing this, and I tried to look, and I could, I, That's fine. it was too quick. I, I didn't, uh, I don't, I don't. Brian, know. you're, you're describing the mainstream 
requests for reform that I've actually seen of the protesters. Yeah. I, I'm the, the, We didn't pre-talk this, listeners. Um, this is super eye-opening to me that you would say this. How representative of leadership in police departments across America are your thoughts that you just shared? How are, are, are you a minority, a majority? What what or, or, would you about say about a third party review? About third party review and what you said earlier about um, more be, specialized, being more specialized sure. for specific things. I, I think we're. I mean, I think everybody's on the same page. Like, I, wow. you know, I think we're just at a. We are at definitely at a crossroads. Um, you know, I sent something out to the staff a couple of days ago that said that, you know, we're, we are at a crossroads right now. And, and I want them to all realize that uh, the majority of people completely 100 percent support what the police are doing. Um, and, but there is always room to grow and get better. Wow. Um, that's really important for us to hear, Brian. The last time I went to the Huntersville Town Board, I try not to go often to speak for things so that I don't lose my voice. <laughs> Uh, not lose it physically, but they're just like, oh, there's that guy again. Right. He's, you know. um, <laughs> but the last time I did it was a couple of years ago, and I advocated for a pro- what was a pro- – I was several people to advocate for a proposed uh, salary increase for the department because very similar to the fact that we don't have uh, the officers that would be appropriate as in the acknowledged rule of thumb and practices, it became clear that our salary, our pay, did not fit the size of town that we are. We're not a little country town no. anymore. Uh, Huntersville is now uh, 60,000 plus. Yeah, top 10 sure. uh, population in the state, I yes. believe, yeah. uh, among towns, top 10 or 15. Um, uh, so, anyway, I appreciate what you do. Uh, I have been a fan and support of the department uh, during my years here, but vocal in the last few years, including that to the town board. Um, and I will continue to be, and I, I look forward to being a partner with you, Brian, in ministry at Lake Forest Church. And thank you for how you are a partner and you minister to young families uh, in the early child, in the nursery, and uh, and how you minister to us with your 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 presence in, as a worship singer. Uh, you you have a very worshipful presence. Uh, I was joking about your handsomeness. It's not really that. Uh, you you managed to overcome the lack uh, of right. Yes, by yes. by yep. your this very worshipful presence. Yes, I'm, I'm grateful for you. <laughs> I've got a great personality. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, so I mean, if if I can have the floor for a minute, you have the floor. Absolutely. So uh, to the to the Lake Forest Ministry partners that are listening. Um, I just want to make sure that you guys know how much the police department appreciates the support that you've given us, um, both the partners that attend and, and are part of the church here, and then also the leadership of Lake Forest. Um, uh, uh, Lake Forest is getting it right, uh, bottom line, Lake Forest is getting it right, um, and it shows through uh, the response that we get when we are you know, looking for help in uh, Huntington Green with Caterpillar Ministries and them coming out and, and, and support from the ministry partners here. Um, It looks like uh, another example is the overwhelming number of messages that I've, that I personally have received over the last couple weeks um, from other ministry partners and staff here at the church. 
um, it, it means a lot, especially when, uh, especially when it appears that, uh, appears that a lot of people are uh, uh, not for you when they actually are. Um, so Lake forced people to steal Mike Moses's words. Well done. <laughs> well uh, done. I didn't realize I repeat myself uh, too much, but it's easy to say that it often is. when it comes to the quality of folks at Lake Forest and their faith. Uh, Brian, my favorite snapshot from the the protest, I will call it what it was, yeah, the protest absolutely. in March Sunday afternoon in Huntersville was, uh, well, first of all, all of our ministry partners and staff that I saw there, I watched them go over and Dozens. air hug you. Uh, <laughs> a couple you, didn't, but don't know. tell anybody. Okay. I got straight up handshakes. Uh, that ain't I, right. Yeah, no. Okay. But my favorite picture, and it's actually on Facebook, was of one of our ministry partner families who um, has a black son. Yes. Uh, and Levi. Uh, yeah, Levi. And your picture with Levi. Yeah. Uh, just represented to me all that you said earlier and the best of who we can be in this moment um, and to actually move toward change. Brian, thank you for sharing. We may want to come back. What we did not delve into at all um, are questions of how race plays into um, the need for reforms and, and how black people encounter the police and uh, so uh, maybe that's a future discussion. Sure. I, 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 uh, we might open up. Um, th- thank you. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Okay. Do we get outro, beha- outro beha- music? On behalf of Harrison, who always does the outro, oh. this has been the Ask LFC <laughs> podcast. Uh, thank you for listening. WLFC. We, yeah. We, uh, but. Hey, we appreciate you all who listen. We consider you, uh, you know, really inner Lake Forest people, and that's why we do this. Is uh, number one, it's our chance to interact with real, genuine questions and ex- further explore things that we don't have time for on Sunday, uh, and really get to know some neat people in our church. Uh, so I'm glad you got to know Brian today, Lieutenant Vaughn. Thank you for being here today. Thank you, sir. Yeah. We're out.